Welcome back to the Village Trader Podcast and Happy New Year. Welcome to our first episode of the year and this is episode number 62. I hope you had a great um, festive season. Uh, we're back with the returning guest, a good friend of mine, Uwandam Toad, also known as the Train Trader. We're going to be discussing his 2021 performance. He did an incredible video, um, just, you know, taking a deep dive, deep dive on his performance. How, how are you doing, man? Happy New Year. A happy New Year, Mr. Village Trader. I'm good, man. And you? <laughs> ah, man, all is well. Can't complain, man. Did you have a good rest? Yeah, well, <laughs> it was a good rest, even though um, I missed the action. But yeah, it was a good rest. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I try. I thought I thought I was going to keep an eye on the markets, but I I when you know when I finally got to 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 look at the markets, I had missed a couple of trades. Um, I had missed a stop loss on on the laser system, but fortunately it came back. The my emergency stop wasn't hit, um, and and the market came back to retrigger a buy. So I just let it be. I just you know hold on to the position. But um, otherwise, um, all is well, man. <laughs> So, so I, I watched your video on YouTube um, when you were discussing a performance. You know, first of all, what, what a great performance! I think you did twenty four percent between June and December. Um, that was an incredible performance um, in the six months. Um, can you can you take us through your stats if you can remember and uh, what stood out for you from for you and the the lessons that you learned from from the process of um, trading your ten thousand rand challenge. Okay, uh, so I'll just uh, give a brief pre- a background on that challenge. So sometime last year, <clears throat> at the beginning of the year, I think around March, we published an ebook uh, on Gumroad talking about uh, systematic trend following. So there were some people uh, that kept on asking what uh, the system's uh, performance. So now, the easiest way to respond uh, to those questions was to undertake this uh, challenge so that you can put uh, the system to the test and trade uh, signals from it. So in June, uh, June we made a video on YouTube. Uh, the name of the YouTube channel is Trend Trader. So we described that uh, I'll be taking those uh, that 10,000 rent stock trading challenge using his equities uh, starting in July. So between July and December, we managed to get uh, about uh, 13 trades that we closed, but we traded over, or we managed to get over 20 trades. Some of them were still open. So it was just uh, the initial plan was to trade pure trend following, you know, like maybe when a price uh, break above the 200-day moving average and hold that uh, position for as long as the price is above that level. But uh, during that course, it quickly turned uh, from trend following a strategy uh, to a bit of a swing trading, reason being uh, there were plenty of uh, swing trading opportunities. So we ended up uh, trading both uh, trend following setups and also we're trading uh, swing trades. But another reason for trading or, or for changing it to swing trading a bit, um, I had a portfolio of over 30 stocks. So I wanted to cut down uh, the number of positions that I had uh, in my Easy Equities mm-hmm. account. So I decided to just uh, take uh, swing trades from the position that uh, I already had. 
right? So like I said, right, uh, we managed mm -hmm. uh, to close about 13 uh, trades there. So in terms of uh, win rate, we had about a 64% win rate, but uh, the size of the wins versus the losses, we had an average loss of about uh, 11% and an average gain of about uh, 80%. So that's like a one is to three, a risk to reward. But at the beginning of the challenge, I had a position on Steinhoff. So I saw a good setup uh, for a long <laughs> position. And then uh, being the guy who just trade a uh, technical analysis, no fundamental analysis whatsoever, I just uh, dived in there. I had my stop loss around about uh, minus 10% uh, price decline. Unfortunately, there was some news that came from, I think it came from the Western Cape High Court and then the share price just uh, took about 30% dive. <clears throat> so the very first trade that we took there <laughs> was a 30% loss. So <laughs> that, was a, that was an eye-opener for me. As much as I still want to continue to stick uh, to pure technical analysis, and I still do, but uh, I mean, that trade uh, opened my eyes. It meant that I need uh, to pay more attention on the stocks that I trade. For example, at that time, I decided that, okay, I won't trade companies like uh, Stainoff, companies that have uh, pending cases, and also to try uh, to avoid uh, penny stocks. <laughs> but now the irony is that uh, a penny <laughs> stock at that time, Merafe Resources, uh, we bought Merafe Resources at about uh, 65 or 69 cent. We wrote that trade to about uh, 106 cent, and then that became one of our um, uh, biggest performer there. But in terms uh, of the matrix, yeah, we had about a 64% win rate. Uh, with the risk uh, to reward an average of uh, one is to three. And then let me see, in terms of expectancy, well, now the expectancy is a bit tricky because it depends on which uh, formula you are calculating with, but uh, we're expecting to gain about um, two rand 92 cent for every uh, one rand uh, that we risked. Again, showing that uh, it, it's a system that can produce at least uh, one is to three. But now following that uh, stain of loss, which resulted uh, in minus 3 point something, minus R. So we lost about three times the risk that we wanted to take. So the plan that we had to uh, come up with was to target uh, setup or setups that can yield a minimum of a one is to three uh, risk to reward. Preferably one is to 3.5 all the way up to one is to five. Uh, fortunately, some of the setups, they gave us some nice uh, ones to five. But since we already started with a big loss, uh, so the average of the size of the wins, then it just became around about uh, 30%. So yeah, some of the key lessons uh, that we learned there, uh, that or that I learned there is that it's important to stick uh, to your trading strategy because I've been using a systematic trend following uh, for a while now, but there were, you know, mistakes, they always uh, creep in. But now if you go to a public platform like YouTube, you tell people that you're going to trade 10,000 and people are asking for the updates, then it brings uh, that uh, sort of accountability there. You need to handle each and every yeah. trade uh, with a bit of care. 
Yeah, so the challenge helped uh, me to improve in terms of uh, discipline, but also to wait. Uh, well, there's nothing as a perfect setup, but just to wait until uh, there's a confirmation if you are using a, a closing price wait for the uh, closing price. If the share price has run up a bit, maybe it's far from an area of value, it's better to wait uh, either for a pullback or maybe if there's a resistance level at the top, then maybe you can wait for that um, breakout. But yeah, uh, that was that. I'm trying to see there what other metrics that we saw. Okay, fine, we managed to, even though we started by dropping to about 9,200 at the beginning, following that 650 rand uh, loss from Steinhoff, we managed to grow the account back uh, to about uh, 12,150 uh, to rent. So that was about uh, 21%, 21.52% gain. So when we looked at the risk in terms of R, we had an average of minus one R, even though we started with minus three R, but we managed to have a positive uh, three R. One of the trades was um, a plus seven R there. So yeah, you know, statistics, you can stretch these things, but when it goes back to average, it gave us that one is two, three. And then in terms of a uh, return on investment, our biggest loss was about 22.45%, uh, which was that loss uh, on Steinhoff. And then our largest gain, it was 45.13%. Uh, I think that came from uh, Miraf. I just want to check here to be sure uh, where it came from. Uh, let's see. All right, yes, it came from Aspen. Yeah, Aspen is one stock. We got in at 185 rand per share and we exited at uh, 268, almost there at the top. <laughs> yeah, you don't <laughs> always get lucky to get out at the top. And yeah, so that's just uh, the yeah. brief uh, summary there. <clears throat> so in terms of average gain, I said we had about a positive 30% and the average loss is minus 11%. And then in terms of win sizes, we had an average gain of uh, 428 rand and an average loss of about uh, 264. And then because of the trades that we took at the time, we closed 14 trades with an average of R, we had about 26R. And if we use that calculation to determine the expectance, it gave us an expectancy uh, of two. So it, the good thing is that it's a positive figure and it's double what uh, we are risking. So <clears throat> on YouTube, when we gave that update uh, earlier this year, we mentioned that we are going to increase the value of that uh, pot from 10,000 rent uh, to 27,000 rent. <laughs> but now, since we're almost <laughs> doubling that, I mean, we almost tripled that account, we also need uh, to be more vigilant. We, we need to really be patient and wait. But fortunately, uh, the GS is giving us some nice signals there. So we'll see how we do this year. But yeah, we are hopeful that we can still manage to get some good results out of it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the our market has been quite favorable, at least for the past couple of years. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, the JC has been a good place to, 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 to I mean, to put some money in. Um how how are you are you sizing your positions? Um, I, I know that you're trading with easy equities, and which means you're not geared in your positions. Um, can you just briefly take me through how how you size your positions? Okay, yeah. 
Well, because I use uh, is equities and also that was the nice thing about the challenge because I wanted to show uh, ordinary retail investors or traders like me that it can be done without using a leveraged uh, account. So in this case, the maximum risk that we took on each position is 2%. So the way that uh, we determine risk, risk is the amount that uh, we are willing to lose per trade, not the amount that uh, we are going to invest. So we use a uh, position sizing. So 2% of our 10 grand, it's 200 grand. So depending on what uh, we are buying, we will determine the enterprise and the stop level. We try to... If we set our stop loss, we try to look at the structure of the market. Let's say, for example, we are buying a bounce uh, on a support level. So we'll try to set our stop loss just uh, maybe 1.5 or 2 times ATR below the support level. <clears throat> so once we know the difference between the enterprise and the potential stop loss, then we take that uh, difference, we divide that, uh, we divide 200 trend by that difference. Let's say, for example, we buying something that cost 10 rand and our stop loss uh, is at eight rand. So the difference is two rand. Then we take the 200 to divide it by, <clears throat> by two by two rands. Then we get the number of shares that uh, we want to buy. So from there, <clears throat> I'm just trying to do a quick math uh, in my head, but I think that would be it's about 100 shares. 100. <laughs> <laughs> 100 shares so now it means that of that 100 we'll multiply it by that 10 rent so we'll take a 1000 rent position right so if the share price does drop to 8 rent per share we still lose a 2 rent per share or we just lose a maximum of 200 rent from that so that's our approach to position sizing we don't uh, set a specific amount to say, for example, we're only going to invest uh, 2,000 rand per position. No, we don't do that. And uh, like I said, one of uh, there were lessons from this exercise. At the beginning of the year, I was supposed to use a position sizing. You would calculate um, the number of shares that I'm supposed to buy. Let's say, for example, I get 6,000. I'm supposed to invest 6,000 in a certain company. Then out of fee, I would probably have that uh, position. But for this uh, 10,000 rent challenge, I just went on for full positions so that if uh, I lose money, I'm okay. I've accepted that I can lose the 200 rent per position. But if I make three times return, at least I get uh, that 600, you see, instead of uh, taking those small positions just to try to limit it. Uh, yeah, it's not beneficial in the long run. But also the downside of it is that uh, depending on what you are buying, in this case, we used an example of something that cost uh, 10 rent. If you start buying stuff that cost over 200 rent, then you start to invest maybe 4,000 or even 5,000 in a single position, meaning that <clears throat> at any time you can be in about two or three positions because uh, you're going to start to run out of cash. So yeah, the downside of it is that once you run out of cash, then you're going to miss uh, some good setups. But <laughs> what can you do? If you look at it, at it from a perspective of someone that only has uh, 10,000 rent in the portfolio, there's really uh, nothing that you can yeah. do. 
And then, yeah, so from that lesson that, okay, if we take full positions, then we are able to generate cash if the trades are profitable. But also at the same time, we are aware that um, we can run out of money to take new uh, positions. Then um, I'm not sure if I was reading a blog by Larry Tarantelli, he's a US, a US trader. Then I saw that, okay, maybe I can split uh, my money or maybe fixed it so that if I'm going to spend more than 25% of my portfolio, then I can reduce that position and just keep it at um, 25%. So at this moment, for new positions, I'm keeping them at 12.5%, uh, meaning that at any time, if I'm fully invested, I have about uh, eight positions, you see, because yeah, it's not, it does not sit well if you only have three positions and the system <laughs> is generating five, 10 signals uh, every week. But yeah, that's how we managed uh, position sizing at that time. So another way to manage position sizing, obviously, is to split your capital, to keep it, like, for example, now I'm keeping it at 12.5%. Uh, that's one way to do it. Or another way to reduce uh, over trading is to switch from a daily chart. We're doing the challenge on a daily chart. You can just uh, switch on a weekly chart. Now you have to wait for a full five days <laughs> before you get your signal, <laughs> you see. So yeah, <laughs> it, it does bring that a bit of patience. But if the market is trending strongly, yeah. it wouldn't matter if you had uh, four or five trades or when we hope to have more than 10 trades in a year. But the number of trades wouldn't matter that much as long as you stick to the rules and you get a good result out of it. For me, I think that's uh, that's good. Yeah, man. I, ho I hope you don't mind me asking. Um, can you can you briefly take us through the strategy in your ebook? Um, you know, just just briefly, uh, like, uh, the 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 overall objective, what you, what you're trying to achieve in the strategy, and how how that strategy is aligned with your personality. Okay, so. My, the way that I treat uh, in general, it's systematic uh, trend following, meaning that uh, it's a rule-based approach. I say the price has to do this in order for me to do that. It's more like if this, and then this is what happens, right? And then uh, trend following, I'm looking for markets uh, that are, trend, uh, are trending. I'm not looking to trade uh, support and resistance or Fibonacci extensions. Okay, a lot wave it's above my pay grade, but I'm not looking to trade stuff like a lot wave, <laughs> right? So the first criteria, the number one rule is that the price must be above the 200-day exponential moving average, right? There's not much a difference between when you're using a simple moving average or when you're using an exponential moving average. I just uh, decided to stick to exponential moving average. So whenever I'm scanning for trading opportunities, I always start with the companies that have just broke above the 200-day moving average. If I'm looking at a daily chart or prices that broke above the 40-day weekly moving average, if I'm looking at uh, the weekly chart. So in my experience uh, with the past trades, I get a better risk to reward if uh, the price is just closing the first time. I know that uh, other traders, they prefer that the share price will close above the 200-day moving average trade up and maybe pull back uh, to the 200-day moving average. If 
find support, show lower price rejection, and then continue to trend uh, higher. For example, uh, one of the people that I look up at is Reina Tio. So Reina does um, emphasize that you wait for, for that first pullback or maybe sometimes two pullbacks or so. But I saw that if you buy from the very first time it does that, by the time you get the first pullback, it's possible that you could be up uh, over 100% <laughs> in terms of uh, share price appreciation, <laughs> right? So now, depending yeah. on the market that you are tra trading, if the 200-day uh, moving average is somewhat flat, or maybe it's possible that the share price was just declining and then it managed uh, to pull back from the bottom and then it closed above the 200 day moving average. Meaning that if you are buying, it's possible you are just buying a, a dead cat that is just bouncing. So now fortunately we have this uh, stage analysis. So I look at the stage of the market. So I'm looking to buy companies that are coming out of the accumulation phase. Right. So if you are not using indicators like moving averages, most likely uh, during the accumulation phase, the price will be bouncing between the support and resistance level. And then you get that uh, buy signal when the price break above that uh, resistance level. So it does not always happen, but sometimes when the price does that, uh, when it breaks above, when it breaks and close above the resistance level, it coincides with that a 200 day moving average. So that is another a good entry opportunity. Then during the markup phase, uh, you will see that now the 200 day moving average will start to turn up. The share price is now uh, trending up bit by bit. Uh, there's some rallies and pullbacks, uh, yeah, but the main movement is upwards. So yeah, just because the price is above 200 day moving average is not conclusive on its own. I also need to check uh, the stage where the market is at. Stage one, I avoid it. I know that a lot of breakouts, uh, they do fail. Even just the first close above the 200 day moving average, it can also fail. But then if it does fail, I will exit that uh, position, wait for the price to come back above the 200 day moving average and then attempt again. You know, uh, Mark Douglas said, <laughs> just because uh, the previous trade was a loser doesn't mean that we shouldn't take the next uh, trade because we can't predict the yeah. outcome. So that's uh, <laughs> the main uh, approach uh, to this. But like I said, since now everything started to change to more of swing trading, it's a combination of trend following and uh, swing trading. So now I would look at stuff like a bullish flag if they form or maybe if there is a breakout resistance. But remember, the price needs to be a uh, need to be above the 200 day moving average. And then I will add uh, on the resistance breakout, or if there's something that looks like a, a cup in a handle, and then there's a breakout on the neckline, I will look uh, to add. Or if there's a pullback to a moving average, either the price pull back to the 50-day moving average, or it pulls back uh, to the 200-day moving average, and then it rejects the lower prices, I will buy there, targeting the recent uh, swing high. So yeah, just by taking the swing highs, it sort of built confidence because now you could see that uh, you are taking profit. If you are trading a trend following on its own, 
actually the price can stay above the 200-day moving average for a long time. So the value of the portfolio will grow, but will never hit those uh, home runs if you want uh, to hit home runs. <laughs> maybe to hit a bit of a home run, a home run, you will let the price go up, maybe say 20 to 30%. Then you lock in most of the profit and then you leave a portion of that position to continue to write uh, the trend and then use that capital uh, to take a position elsewhere. So those are, that is how I approached the market. So in brief, it's closing above the 200 day moving average. That's the major uh, approach. Then it will be pulled back or some chart patterns there, resistance breakout. Uh, well, I don't trade um, diverse boxes as you do. I just target those uh, breakout levels above the resistance. Well, I mean, obviously it does look uh, similar to diverse box. It's just that I don't plot it um, within a certain period. Uh, or, or yeah, within a, a certain time frame, if I can put it like that. But I mean, if a stock is uh, reaching a new 52-week high, trust me, I'm buying that stock. Uh, if the stock is reaching a, a new all-time high, uh, I'm buying that stock because uh, to me, it's bullish. Uh, a friend asked me if I've documented the success rate between buying a 200 MA breakout versus buying a new all-time high. <laughs> well, a new all-time high of 52-week high, they do work. It's just that I haven't uh, quantified it to say with confidence uh, what's the success rate there. But yeah, sometimes they do fail. Uh, but compared to the 200-day, the 200-day, it's more profitable than buying a breakout. But I mean, when you say breakout, that's a bullish signal. <laughs> you cannot afford uh, to miss that. The yeah. market is telling you that it's going up. So yeah, I do take uh, those trades. But I mean, if it's a 52-week high, it's happening near 50-day moving average. At least there, uh, you have a good place to set your stop loss. 52-week highs uh, rarely uh, occurs near 200-day moving average pullback. I mean, chances are the price will be below the 50-day moving average, so it won't form a 52-week high. You will have to wait until the price is near the 50-day moving average again. So, yeah, uh, that's the strategy. Yeah. And then now th those are the rules that uh, I predefined that the share price must do this in order to qualify as a buy signal. And then once I see that uh, buy signal, then back to the drawing board, position sizing. We need to ensure that uh, for each trade, we don't risk uh, more than 2%. And then another thing that can help if you do run out of cash is to reduce uh, the risk from 2% to 1%. I wouldn't recommend going below 1%. I don't think it's worth the effort. More than 2%, it's too much. Below 1%, I think uh, it's too tight. So you can switch 1%, 1.5%, uh, 2%. I think I still find it um, as a sweet spot. And then, yeah, once you took the position, you set a stop loss or you set a target for swing trades, really there's nothing you can do there. You can't rally the stock uh, to go and hit uh, your profit, right? And because there were some people yeah. that uh, I started communicating with, we were running a Telegram channel. So they also brought a bit of accountability because before I 
share the trade with them to say what I'm seeing on the market and this is how I'm going to play uh, what I see on the market. I had to think about it that uh, those people, they expect that uh, I share a good quality setup. They are good traders themselves. So <laughs> that also put a bit of pressure. <laughs> yeah, that does put a bit of pressure. I mean, even if you just uh, share a chat on Twitter, there are a lot of traders there. You don't yeah. just want uh, to post a subpar chat. I understand that people have different uh, approaches. For example, if you see a, a share price coming to a resistance level and you are busy uh, hoping that it's going to break above, somebody else can say it's a, a short setup, of which is true, just that with my bias that if the price is above the 200-day moving average, I wouldn't uh, short yeah. that particular market. If I have a position, I would rather close my position and wait until uh, the price is showing a signal that it's intending to move up rather than to trade against the trend. <laughs> That's one thing that uh, I will never do. <laughs> I learned the hard way, brother. I, I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one way of losing an infinite amount of yeah. money. <laughs> so I think two hard rules that uh, I don't break. I don't add uh, to a losing position. I don't trade uh, against the trend. It's either I'm in the market or I'm out of the market, but I won't uh, trade against the market if I'm a bullish bias on that particular market. I would rather sit on the side until there is a bullish setup. And yeah, for me, it's important no. that I always take uh, my stop loss. The stop loss part is tricky because, like I said, I use his equities. Uh, I know his equities at some point, they did say something about stop loss and I was looking forward uh, to it. I'm not saying that they haven't put it in there, just that I haven't checked. So you just have to watch the chart uh, constantly so that you know where the price is. And if the price is now closer to your stop loss, you want to monitor that price so that if it close below your stop level, uh, then you close that uh, position. I use uh, the closing price to make my decision. But yeah, <laughs> that is also a trick. Uh, <laughs> last week, I closed the position on Tungela. So I had uh, followed my strategy. The share price, uh, I mean, I was looking forward to Tungela reaching 100 rent per share. I'm not saying that Tungela won't reach 100 rent per share. It's just that, I mean, at some point it was at around a 91 rent. I'm not sure if it did reach a 92 rent per share. Then it started to pull back uh, to about 88, 86. Then I checked the chart uh, during the day. I saw the price at around 86 or 85. Then I closed the position. Yes, I made a 20% on that position. I tweeted it. I said it's a good trade. Then when I got home in the afternoon, I checked the chart. The closing price uh, was somewhere above a uh, 90 rand. So I was able to turn <laughs> a, a good trade to a bad trade because I closed uh, a position that hasn't uh, triggered any closing uh, signal, you see? So mistakes uh, are there, man. Uh, you try to avoid them, but uh, they just come. Fortunately, I haven't made the mistake of buying uh, 10,000 shares when I wanted to buy 100 shares. <laughs> 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 yes. 
Uh, but but I'm sure you would see it uh, quite immediately and 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 at least take off. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, some of the position. Yes. The so yeah. Yeah. And suppose in some sense, you know, coming back to 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 your style of trade, uh, you know, of, of some some people, especially uh, people who are new to the to the game, think that high risk equals high reward, um, and and you know when when you when you sh- sharing or posting like a winning position, like you you sometimes you get questions like why didn't you buy more or or you have the feeling of why didn't you buy more except something like Steinhoff would happen where the you know the stock can gap down 10 15% against you um at least if you have a small position even though you don't you lose a, a bit more than you anticipated but it's not you know taking you to the cleaners well uh, it happens you see every profitable trade you always feel that uh, you didn't buy enough <laughs> and yeah i mean that is something that i had to fix like i said at the beginning of 2021 there were a lot of bullish uh, setups from different uh, companies different sectors but uh, end of 2020 i was more bullish on the property sector and the financial sector so i took some positions there but also there were other companies that were just uh, setting up nicely besides companies uh, in the resources uh, sector. Those ones were just uh, showing cracks. They had been great performers. Some people were still stuck uh, in that, that uh, they were good performers. <laughs> but the ground was uh, shifting beneath their feet. So now as I was taking those trade trades, now you get a signal on NetBank, uh, Investec, uh, First Rent, Standard Bank, it was not uh, wise for me to want to take position on each of those banks as they were giving signals or different uh, property stocks as they were giving signals. So I ended up having too many small positions, which is why I ended up with over 30 stocks uh, in my portfolio. Then now you have a position like a Blue Label Telecoms growing uh, 100% plus. Then you look at the amount that you invested in the return and you compare it uh, to the value of the portfolio. It's insignificant, you see. I had more green days uh, at the beginning of the year. I think before March, I had plenty of green days. But if you look at that, uh, at those returns, they were just insignificant. That's when I realized that, okay, I had uh, made a mistake. I bought too many companies at uh, too tiny positions. So I started uh, to consolidate. I will look at, if I'm looking at financials or banks, I will look at a bank that is performing better than the other banks. And then I will close the other positions and take that capital and put it there. Fortunately, then Investec ended up being one of the best uh, performing banks uh, in 2021. But yeah, uh, it's a lesson that you learn. If you want to test water, it depends. Let's say, for example, uh, before I took a full position on Sasol, because I had seen the price that if uh, the share price is on an uptrend and then it pulls back uh, to the 50-day moving average and it close below it, two things can happen. It can go back above the 50-day moving average or it can continue to fall until it tests the 200-day moving average. Hopefully, it finds uh, support there and then 
it continues with the uptrend. So Sasol at some point was trading below the 50-day moving average. It was on a downtrend. So it was below the 50-day moving average, yeah. of which the 50-day moving average was below the 200-day moving average. Then the share price crossed. It, it was now above um, the 50-day moving average. So I did the opposite of what I would do in a bullish market. In a bullish market, if I have a, a position, I would sell waiting either for the price to come back above the 50-day moving average or until it finds support in the 200-day moving average, then I reinitiate that position. So I took a small testing, water testing position. The price fortunately drained from that 50-day moving average all the way to touch the 200-day moving average before it started falling again. So you see, in that case, I don't want to say I had conviction, but I had that bit of confidence that, okay, this trade can work like that. So I took a small position. So if someone take a, a small position because they want to test what I would understand, but if you take a small position because either you are over trading or you lack conviction, then it's not a good way to approach the market because if you lack conviction, then you shouldn't uh, take that trade. Also, if you are over trading, you also shouldn't take that trade because even if it works, you're not going to get a full value out of it. Yes, you can feel good about yourself that you saw the setup, you took it, but if you put in 10 rents and then it doubles, you only have 20 rents. It's really not worth it, you see. But we all have different uh, approaches. Uh, when I speak to other traders or investors, other people, their risk management is like 100% of their capital. They will split it into 10 positions. Then they invest 10% into one name. It's a, a do or die. They are okay that that whole 10% can go down the drain as long as they're still holding their shares. So maybe if your risk management approach is like that, that you just put in tiny positions, there isn't much uh, I can say from that. But yeah, every winning trade, <laughs> you wish that uh, you had bought more. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you add to positions? Yes, I do add uh, to positions. You see, let's say, for example, I initiate a trade on the close uh, above a 200-day moving average. If that security yeah. breaks to a new all-time high or 52-week high, I will add. But then I pyramid. I start with a large position. Then the next position I take, I take half. If there's another setup again, whether maybe it's forming a base and then it's breaking out of that base, I will take another position. But every position that I take thereafter is half of the previous position. And then I shift my stop loss. Right. The stop loss that I have is the stop loss of that uh, last entry. So that if the market goes the opposite direction, I give back, uh, I take that loss on the last trade, but it's a small position, but I managed to keep the maximum profit so that the whole trade uh, is profitable. And then depending on the structure of the market, during the markup phase, I can add uh, up to three times, especially if there is a well-established uh, basis during that markup phase, I'll buy the first base, uh, okay, I'll buy the breakout, buy the first base, second base. The third base I can buy. What I don't buy is the fourth uh, base. 
uh, as much as I don't understand a lot of analysis that much, but I know that once you start to see a one, two, three, four, four is dangerous. <laughs> you don't want to buy that last uh, <laughs> leg. So it's the same uh, approach. I think it's Wakeoff, the guy that came with uh, the stage analysis. I know Stein or Einstein also did a lot of work uh, in that uh, arena, but I think it was Wakeoff. So I come from the Wakeoff's uh, perspective. So the third base, I don't buy a lot if I do buy it, you see. But also it depends how much capital is committed uh, on that particular position. More than 25% of that capital, no, I don't uh, digest the right whatever position that I'm holding. No, no, got you, got you. If so, if if you were to summarize twenty twenty one in 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 lessons like in bullet bullet form lessons, what would you what would you what would be your your big lessons that you picked up from twenty twenty one? Okay, um, discipline, trade your strategy uh, with discipline. Always uh, bring a stop loss uh, with you, and then just uh, keep a cool head. Uh, don't rush. Wait for the setups uh, to come. Uh, wait for your trades to reach stop loss uh, or take profit. And it's okay to miss some trades. I mean, you now you have a position, a fully committed position on Distel Group, but you see the village trader, he keeps on adding. That is none of your business. You've already <laughs> committed your capital. Just be happy for the guy that he's killing it. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, another thing is that, I understand that you can say that for the JSE, it was a bull market. But for you to benefit in a bull market, you need to be positioned to, to you need to be in a position that yeah. you can take advantage of that bullish market. So in 2020, I had a tough year. When the year started and then we had that COVID scare in March, I sold a lot of my positions. I was down minus 20%. Uh, from there, I fought really hard to break even. That required about a 25% return. <laughs> and then fortunately, I ended uh, 2020 with 5%. I mean, a lot of people, they made the killing in 2020, but I, I was only up uh, 5%. But that told me that um, returning 30% in a year, it's possible. And then I saw a, a post that showed that uh, if you can return 2% uh, per month, you can comp compound that in a 12 year, in a 12 months period to about uh, 27%. So that is what um, I was gunning for in 2021. My goal was to return uh, 2% each and every month compounding uh, my capital. Yeah, some months uh, we were able to get more than 2%. In some months, uh, we had, uh, I think, about three losing months. So, but we did, uh, <laughs> the minimum that you got there was over 30%. <laughs> so that was a bit uh, of a confirmation that uh, if you set a goal that this is what I want to achieve in the market, yeah. I will achieve this goal by sticking to the strategy, sticking to risk, uh, sound uh, risk and money management, and yeah, having a debt discipline and patience, it's possible. You see, now we just started 2022. We see a lot of communication, people sharing their stock picks for the year. 
it's fine. We we use different approaches. I don't have uh, stock picks for 2022 because I don't know where my next setup is going to come from. You see, I can say today my 2022 stocks is ten off, and then tomorrow I get a buy signal from Remgro. Then I ended up buying a Remgro instead of Steinhoff. But yeah, I think being yeah. able to compound uh, that cash and to get that amount that uh, I had um, wished for, yeah, that was a, a good feeling. <laughs> that was a good feeling. And to beat the JSE, <laughs> that's what, that is something <laughs> I've always wanted to do. <laughs> to beat the JSE. So yeah, in my overall portfolio, I was able yeah. to beat the JSE, but the 10K challenge, nice. there we only got a 21.52%, but uh, it's fine. It gave us a lot yeah, of lessons. Yeah, yeah 21% is still an outperformance because I think <laughs> it turned, ah, it's just an underperformance, but slightly, slightly, because you only the JSE returned 24. Yes. Well, that's the top 40, uh, at least the top 40 returned uh, 24, I don't know, but the, the OSHA index. Anyway, um, speaking of, of heavy drawdowns, I was asked to ask you how many accounts have you blown um, over the course of your career? Yeah, no, tell Fred that, hey, we will meet one day, I will be there in Cape Town. But yeah, I mean... Um, it's a good question uh, from Fred because it's easy for anyone uh, on social media to share what you can consider to be successful trades, right? So I have grown a few trading accounts when I was attempting to trade uh, Forex. I've never blown an account trading a stock uh, CFDs full unique. Uh, okay, maybe the reason for that, when I looked at it uh, in hindsight, of course, is the leverage. Most uh, stockbrokers here in South Africa, the leverage is about one is to five for stocks. So that sort of limits you not to overtrade because after a few positions, you do run out of cash. But with uh, Forex, when I started trading Forex, I think most yes. uh, beginner traders, they always go for the one is to 1,000. And then the, maybe there isn't much of a problem with one is to 1,000, but you are coming with 20, 50 dollars. So now you can't really take a lot of positions. It's difficult uh, to position size because of the value of your account. And also not knowing what you are doing. So yeah, uh, I blew a few. Honestly speaking, I don't know how many uh, hot forex account that uh, I blew, but um, I think I read a book. I'm not sure if it's a Mark Minivini book or another author's book, but it says that um, people get what they want. So there are people that uh, find thrill in losing. So then I realized that, okay, I'm in the market uh, to make money, not to waste money. So then I decided uh, to stop uh, trading Forex. But before I stopped, I had learned the effect of a high leverage. At that time, I think the leverage that I had uh, with Hot Forex was one is to 200. And if you have an account with a few hundred dollars, it's really limiting. So I felt the effect of reducing um the leverage at the time I was a bit profitable, but I just saw that since I'm used to trading a trend following daily time frame, 
yeah, if you look at the exchange rate between the euro USD, uh, it's not gonna fly. <laughs> the euro USD is not trending. <laughs> Maybe if you find a currency pair, you see, if you were to ask me which currency pair is trending. I wouldn't say maybe US dollar, Japanese yen, or Euro, Japanese yen, but GPP, USD, Euro, USD, those ones are not trending. Maybe if you use support and resistance or supply and demand, as other people call it, it can work. It just never worked for me. Then I decided uh, to stop trading Forex. Uh, at some point, I was on the verge of quitting trading. Then I looked at, okay, what is it uh, that I've tried? Have I tried trading with discipline? Have I focused on uh, risk management and such stuff? Then uh, I opened an account with uh, GT247. I told myself that I'm just going to trade S&P 500. Uh, I'm just going to follow the trend. You see, the nice thing about the S&P 500, if it's trending, it's trending. Hopefully, <laughs> I won't be there if it's on the downtrend. Yeah, so when I uh, traded S&P 500 with discipline, then I started to see results. And then when uh, Brent crude broke above uh, $42 per barrel, that's when I got in. I wrote that thing all the way to $70. So then I realized that, okay, it's important to understand uh, your strategy, to understand the market where the strategy works. For trend following, you need a trending market. If you get a market that is moving sideways, it's just going to get choppy, it's going to get messy. And if you lack a discipline, you will seek that thrill, you want to be there in the market all the time. You are just going to have a hard time. So yes, Fred, uh, I did blue a few accounts, <laughs> probably five accounts, it's just that uh, the balance was uh, insignificant. So I learned from it. Yeah. At this moment, I don't uh, trade Forex. I think now it's been over two years since I placed uh, a Forex order. But what I do with Forex, yeah. I look at the DXY chart. I look at the South African rent USD chart because I want to transfer my rents to US dollars when the exchange rate is a bit uh, reasonable based on the chart, not based on what the economists are saying. <laughs> I prefer to follow the chart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I got you. Man, are, are, are there some some aspects of, of your system you're looking to change or monitor um, in 2021? 2022. Rather in 2022? No, uh, like I said, to reduce uh, over trading, I starting to take some positions and managing some positions using uh, the weekly chart. I mean, once the trend is established, there's no need uh, to disturb it. So sometimes it can be a bit erratic. If you look at the daily time frame. you close the position on Monday, then on Friday, the price is back up there. It means that you have to jump in back in that position. So now I prefer to wait um, especially for the positions that I consider to be sort of long-term dividends uh, positions, there I'm strict uh, on using the daily chart. But for the swing trades, uh, for this challenge, there it's about maximizing returns and also limiting drawdown at the same time. So there I still do look at the daily time frame, but uh, I'm shifting towards um, a weekly chart. I mean, yeah, I'm not a day trader. 
uh, there's no need for me to be in the market all the time. Like I said, once the trend is established, it can persist uh, for quite some time. Then you also look at the return that you make. You compare it to the index. You look at the number of trades that you took. Is it worth it <laughs> to take so many trades just to return, just to barely beat the market, for example? So yeah, I just want to slow down a bit, but still take a high probability setup. A high probability setup is a setup whereby uh, I've identified that risk and the potential risk uh, to reward. The reward is much higher compared uh, to the risk. That's how I define a high probability setup. So if I can stick uh, to those, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, as long as I'm able to beat the GSE, because I will always benchmark myself <laughs> against the GSE. I won't benchmark myself against the village trader or anyone. I just want to benchmark myself against uh, the top 40 and to beat inflation. In case the GSE underperforms, it goes red. I still want to be above uh, inflation. Yeah, I think now uh, the way I see this money game, I see it from a different perspective than where I was just excited about trading. Now it's more about yeah. uh, building uh, capital, protecting that capital, ensuring that capital uh, stays above inflation, you see. It's not just about now trading for fun. Yeah, I had a plus 10 R trade and stuff like that. It's about really making sure that whatever I get to make, I protect it uh, from as many things as possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never got you. Um, and, you know, rate yourself out of 10. How, how would you rate yourself in, in the past? <laughs> I will leave that um, to the people that... Uh, either subscribers or viewers of the Trend Trader channel <laughs> or the people that uh, we follow each other on Twitter and those that uh, follow me. But I mean, personally, I feel like uh, I have grown uh, as a trader. Uh, I mean, I've managed to get something out of that knowledge that I've accumulated uh, over the years and the experience from the market from learning uh, from other traders. So I'm able to build something out of that. I mean, let's take a uh, Lester, for example. Lester post different charts. Some of them uh, are in a monthly time frame. Sometimes uh, he posts charts where he compares uh, two companies. I think recently he posted a chart of Impala against uh, Sibani, you see? So, when you look at people like Lester, you start to look, okay, maybe there is more information from a, a higher time frame. There is more information from looking at uh, different sectors or even companies within the same sector. Uh, you know, uh, I don't really practice Ken Slim as defined by William O'Neill or any other traders that referenced uh, Ken Slim, but uh, I now find value, I mean, I now find myself trading more and more of Cap and Hensley. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've been reading a lot about <laughs> it. Uh, when you were doing uh, the Davos box, we see that. But like I said, I trade breakouts a lot, so which is almost the same thing as the Davos box. And yeah. dividends. At the beginning, at some point, I was more focusing on just buying companies, riding that uh, capital appreciation. But now I'm starting to also appreciate uh, dividends. But I will still take 
a trade based on a technical setup. I won't skip a trade just because the company has a 0% dividend yield, for example. But I understand now the importance of if the trend is up, let me not disturb this trade. Uh, well, I'm not a tax person, but if there's an option to reduce my tax liability, let me write on that as well. Uh, let me get as much dividends as possible from this position up until the point where now you run out of capital because the further you move away from the 200-day moving average, the more risky that a trade becomes. So if there's a new setup that is closer to the 200-day moving average, the, trade, the position is just coming out of the accumulation phase, I'll prefer to have more money there than to have more money on a stock that has a share price that is extended uh, further from the 200-day moving average, you see. Yeah, so um, it's just those uh, few lessons there. Ah, no, got you, got you. And what about goals for 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 to, <laughs> to beat the JSE? Okay, this year I'm planning. <laughs> this year I'm planning to trade um the US markets uh, a lot. I mean, I will still trade whatever capital I have that is allocated uh, to the JSE. I will still trade that capital, but I'll be contributing more capital to the US market. Uh, I mean, like I said. Now I see the importance of protecting what you have. I can't really allow my money yeah. to be chowed by the exchange rate, whatever that is happening, whether it's domestic uh, or, or foreign, but I just don't want to lose money on the basis that I'm just holding rents, uh, for example. But also yeah. the JSE has oh, okay. over 300 companies. US market has over 5,000 companies. Fine, every country has its own penny stocks. I'm not going there to trade uh, penny stocks. I'm going there to trade um, good quality companies, good setups, companies that can pay dividends. You know, if you read um, Mark Minevini's work, okay, maybe Mark Minevini's work is similar to what William uh, O'Neill's teach, but if you're looking for a company that is growing uh, earnings, growing uh, profit, paying dividend, uh, a leader in the sector, you really position yourself, uh, you increase the chance of making it, you see, rather than just buying uh, a stock. Uh, let's say, for example, I'm bullish on the healthcare sector. If net care is showing a good technical setup, and advanced uh, life, I think it's advanced health, something AVL. It's also showing a good setup. Netcare has a better chance to succeed as a business compared to AVL. But then again, I don't want to deviate a, a lot from technical analysis. Every time I try to do that, yeah. I bend my fingers. <laughs> so that's the problem. Mm -hmm. I still want to keep it uh, as technical analysis as possible, but I don't want to be ignorant of um, not buying a lead. You see right now uh, in the US, there are few uh, electro, what electric vehicle manufacturers. So we know Tesla, Tesla has done well. Uh, the share price has been uh, growing up nicely. Then we have this uh, Chinese company, uh, NIO. I think also there is Xpeng. So now I don't want to buy NIO on the basis that, okay, I look at Tesla. Tesla started from nothing, then it grew to a trillion dollar company. Then maybe let me write this new wave. I mean, why would anyone want to buy a NIO other than a Tesla, for example, right? So 
I now I do pay attention to that uh, pieces of information. Try to buy the leader. <laughs> well, sometimes you don't always find the leader. I don't think that I can easily compare Investec versus uh, First Rent, for example. But you know what uh, or how Investec performed in the past. So technicals first. No, no, got you, got you. Man, uh, we're going to park it here. Thank you very much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate uh, um, you taking the okay, time. Okay, so I uh, know thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity to share my uh, 2021 experience. Now I want, to, I want to ask you these questions. Out of 10, how do you rate sure, uh, sure. your performance? Okay, but before I, I ask you that, I just want to say that... Uh, I mean, you took a lot of great uh, trades in 2021. I follow you on Twitter. I always see uh, the charts that you post. That distilled trade, man, that was <laughs> something else. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, something else. I think, I mean, you do need uh, to see people. I'm not saying that you are using trend following, but it's the same thing as trend following. If you see a trader yeah. seeing a trend, riding that trend you get that uh, thing to say yeah this thing can be done and i can do it i just need that patience to wait for that setup and to just pull the trigger so man i want to commend you on the trade that was a beautiful thing to witness yeah that was really something else <laughs> no thank you very much man thank you very much that was that was to be quite honest that was the 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 highlight of of um, I suppose my career so far, the highlight of, of 2021, um, I held that position for a year, uh, just a year and a bit. Um, I picked I picked this still up at 7250 uh, until that that uh, announcement with yeah. Heineken. Then I got stopped out at um, at 163, and now MTN is taking the position of of uh, mm. of distill. Now I think I'm up 50 percent on. On, 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 on MTN. Yeah, no, MTN has been a great run yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so out of 10, how would you rate yourself? <laughs> you know, to be quite honest, man, I feel, I felt I traded really, really well. Um, of course, there were things that I could have improved much, much earlier than I had. Um, out of 10, I would give myself a, a yeah, solid nine. No. <laughs> I believe I traded well. No, that's great. I, you know, the the my benchmark. Uh, I also benchmarked myself against the top forty. Um, I was well, like way ahead. I think three or four times ahead of the of the top forty because I did a on the calendar year of twenty calendar year last year. I did a ninety four percent return. Um, whereas the top 40 did 24%. So I, I traded really, really well with, with discipline. And as you said, as you pointed out, um, trading in public has, you know, it helps you stay disciplined to, to your process because I can't say one thing and do the other um, because, you know, people like you and, 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 and people that follow us on Follow the Trader will hold me accountable when, on, on every week week in, week out, as we do follow the, the follow the trader series. So with that in mind, I know that if, if you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just sticking to the plan all, all along. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that was good. Uh, it seems like besides uh, the guys, Melvin, is it Melvin Capital? <laughs> it seems most of us did well, except those uh, US hedge funds. 
I wonder what is their, <laughs> their trading approach, but yeah, <laughs> it was a good day. I'm happy. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just happy because I always wanted to do much better than uh, the JSE top 40 or the All Share Index. 2020, uh, 2020 yeah. I almost had a chance, but well, almost doesn't count. So it felt good <laughs> to beat it in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I had my ass handed to me in twenty twenty. Um, I, I I started trading the the JSE market right at the tail end of the bear market that we that we witnessed before the market started to turn, and I was just hit by that volatility hard. And I think my record was about twenty to twenty five trades in a row, losing trades in a row, and that was quite hard mm, to no, do. It can be. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, but it was it was all worth it in the end. The the lessons that were picked that I picked up at the, uh, during that period were all worth it. Yeah, no, that's good. We really need uh, to build. We spent uh, time preparing, uh, gathering this skill. So we really need to get something out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, twenty twenty two will 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 still see favorable markets, and so far, uh, it looks like we off to a good start. Yeah, I know. So far, I'm happy. Actually, what is happening in the US is something else, but locally, uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I hope that the US market, but I'm not saying that it's it could be a sector rotation. There are companies that are cracking, but there are companies that are setting up nicely. It's just a matter of uh, picking those stocks that meet your criteria and discarding everything that uh, does not meet your criteria and not holding on to something that has worked uh, in the past. I mean, I saw a lot of people last year giving back some of their profits, either from Sibanye, Impala, or OneVest Rhodium ETF, <laughs> just because it worked well the previous years, they kept on holding. Yeah. yeah. So when the stop loss is yeah. hit, you need to know when uh, to leave the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I was stopped on, on, on um, I think it was Sibanye, uh, both Sibanye and Impala, and it was quite... Um, I'm disappointed when when my stops were hit because the results were so strong. I thought these things were gonna really, except the 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 floor has cracked. The the floor had cracked. These things kept kept on falling. And I, and if I had, if I didn't, if, if 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 I hadn't respected my stop loss, um, I would have taken you know a big big, yes. big hit. Especially that I'm trading with 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 yeah. some leverage. No, I'm not sure between Impala and Sibanye, but there's a company that really reported a good result. They, I think they declared a dividend of twelve rand per share or so, but the price just got hammered. But people were talking about that twelve rand yeah. uh, dividend. I'm not saying that people shouldn't uh, wait for dividend, but it was said uh, to lose fifteen rands while we're waiting for twelve rand dividend. In the end, we are still down uh, three rands. So yeah. yeah, but we do learn. Uh, it's not. A, I'm not saying that they made a mistake. We do learn from our actions. So I hope that they also learned from yeah. that yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, and those stocks haven't recovered. Unfortunately, since. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> no. I mean, that's the thing. You know, there is a, a gentleman uh, there on Twitter. We do communicate. 
It's just that uh, he doesn't present himself uh, as a trader, but he's a, a good trader. He does a lot of elute wave analysis. I learned a lot from him in terms of uh, minimizing a uh, drawdown because it's really easy to be sucked into a position just because it worked well or maybe the, re the result were good or maybe they declared a fat dividend. But my ultimate goal now is to reduce a uh, drawdown because yeah, it can be a bit of a challenge yeah. to dig yourself out of that drawdown. I would rather miss that fat dividend than to yeah. dig myself out of that hole. Yeah, yeah. Like same here, man. Same here. You know, on on I think it was the second last episode for 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 twenty twenty one. We were discussing that that very thing with with Simon, and that one of the goals that I had was to 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 have shallow draw drawdowns mm -hmm. that I had the previous year. Because if the the drawdowns were shallow, the returns would have been mm -hmm. much much more. Um, I I saw where I went wrong and um started fixing it and yeah, hopefully. If we have similar markets than we had last year, ah, it's going to be a very nice. good year. No, we need those markets. <laughs> we need to compound the 2021 <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, we need to compound those returns, man. No, thanks, man. No, Mr. Trenchard, thank you very much, man. Thank you very much for taking the time. Do follow uh, Wanda on Twitter at TrendTraderJSE. Uh, follow his YouTube channel, TrendTrader. You will not regret it. Follow his blog as well. Um, I'll leave links to everything on the show notes below. Um, my man, thank you very much for taking the time and thank you for listening. I wish you all the best for the coming year. Um, remember to stay disciplined and plan your trade and trade your plan. Um, with that being said, uh, do join Simon Brown on my Simon Brown and myself as you're listening tonight, um, 5.30 on Follow the Trader Cities. That will be the first Follow the Trader Cities for the year. Um, do join us. Link to that will be in the show notes below as well. Otherwise, man, Wanda, thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. Check you next time on the video's Twitter. Cheers. <laughs>